You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. We are diving into our uh, cast of cast of Christmas characters, uh, and we're going to spend the next four weeks kind of working our way uh, towards uh, the birth of Christ and uh, in our Advent time. And so as we do that, we wanted to think about, like, what does it look like with this cast of characters? And it's not just the usual suspects of Jesus and Joseph and Mary and those things. We're going to we're going to dive in a little bit deeper and go a little bit farther back as we think about this cast of characters. So um, Advent means the arrival or the anticipation of a uh, notable event, a person or event. And so as you think about uh, Advent and what are we anticipating, and I've noticed over the last uh, several days, I started to think, well, even before that, I started thinking about what am I in anticipation of? What am I excited about of the, the coming of? And just real recently, I've started thinking about that, and I was so excited about my family coming over for Thanksgiving. My brother and sister-in-law and my nephews were able to come over, and I called them on Tuesday. I'm, have you left yet? Have you, have you left yet? Are you on your way? Did you bring your cheesecake recipe? Um, yes. Okay, good. Um, and so uh, anticipating being with family and my mother and father-in-law being here and just hanging out and playing games. And, you know, I had this anticipation of that. And then as I'm watching and observing these things that we're anticipating, there was this thing called Black Friday. And and in the morning, people could get up and you don't go to the stores anymore sometimes. Maybe you do. But they're on there and these new Nike shoes are going to drop. I think that's the right term. And got the, you know, got your phones out and ready to get on there. See if you can be one of the several people that get these sweet new Nikes that are coming out that only a couple people are going to get and you don't crease the, the, the tennis shoes anymore and you take care of them. You know, it's kind of a collection. And so thinking about the things that you're anticipating and I want you guys to all stop right now where you are, close your eyes and think, what are you in anticipation for? For this afternoon for the next several weeks before Christmas? Are there things in your mind that you are in anticipation of coming in 2023? What is something that's on the forefront of your mind that you are in anticipation of? And as I think about that for myself, I'm anticipating the return of my son from his deployment. He can be back in the United States. I'm anticipating the birth of my first grandson in February. And what is it going to be like to hold him? And I'm anticipating what the future will be like for real life on the Palouse and What lives are we going to be able to be involved in next year? What difference are we going to be able to make? And so as you think about your anticipations, the major ones and the minor ones, it tells us a little bit about what we're excited about and what our heart is longing for. So go ahead and open your eyes. Keep those anticipations there. Maybe it's a wedding. Maybe it's the anticipation of being entertained. I was so excited for some football games this weekend or soccer games. 
Not me, but my family was. I was anticipating the great food that I would have. See, Advent is a time of anticipation and hope. It's like a movie trailer that builds up and builds up and builds up, except this movie trailer isn't just about you being entertained. It's about your very salvation. And this movie trailer is the best movie trailer of all time. It's better than Top Gun. It's better than Lord of the Rings. All of these things that are coming and they tease you with these cool things that are happening. And there was no teasing, but there was hope. There was hope. And you know when you need hope? Is when you are in desperation. You need something to hold on to. So this year as we anticipate Christmas, we anticipate hope. We look to this cast of characters who are anticipating the arrival of our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's do a little, I don't know if we're awake yet. Let's go. Let's say, say, I have hope. hope. Say, I have hope. hope. Let's do a hand motion. I have hope. hope. You know where your hope is? It's with God. It's with our Lord and Savior. I have hope. I have a future. You have, you have hope for the future. You have things that are going to be coming that are greater than you could possibly imagine, and it's not your shoes. It's not your Christmas gift. Those are going to be cool. I'm excited about them. But it's bigger than that. So what is this hope? And we talk about this cast of characters. The first cast of characters we're going to look at is this week is a, what they call the prophets. And so what is a prophet? A prophet is simply a person regarded as an inspired teacher or a proclaimer of the will of God. And prophets have this thing called prophecy. There's things that they said or foretold that that God told them that was going to happen. And so a prophecy is simply a prediction. So I predicted incorrectly yesterday on two football games of our local people. So I am not a prophet. You don't have to stone me. But, um, you know, it's simply a prediction. And so let's talk about this idea of prophecy. And the idea of prophecy and prophets, it's, it's so improbable that you have to have God involved. And there's all these cool, there, so there's tons of prophecies in the text about Jesus. And we're going to learn a couple about them, about where he would be born and that he would be born of a virgin. There's all these things that were foretold hundreds of years beforehand. Can you imagine being able to predict like six numbers? Like maybe six numbers that would give you like $2 billion, then after taxes, like $600 million. So your odds of winning the power, by the way, did anybody win? Because I'm really excited about that tithe in here. Nobody? Okay. No, I'm just kidding. And we're like, we're doing it up out there. We're going to make this like Disneyland tent. No. Um, like your chances of, of winning lottery are slightly less than mine, and I don't play, um, as like one in 292 million. But somebody's got to win. It's just not going to be you usually. And so when we look at these statistics and odds and all of these things, there's all of these prophecies of things that were written about way beforehand that no man could really have control over or know about. And Jesus fulfilled over 300 different prophecies of the Old Testament. But even if you narrow it down to just eight, like what are the odds that you could say something five, six, you could say something today, five or six or 700 years about one particular person in the future, five or six, 700 years from now. And you in here knew where they would be born. 
And then you knew in here that they would be born out of a really interesting circumstance like there was, there was like a virgin. And then you knew that there would be a slaughter of, of all of these folks. And then you knew, and then you knew, and then you, and so let's just pick eight of these prophecies. So here's what the odds are of that happening. And I love there's all these different scientific methods, but this is my favorite one that they said. So anybody been to Texas in here before? It's a fairly large state. And so here's the odds of eight prophecies being predicted about somebody in the future happening to that one individual generations and generations removed. Is if you covered the state of Texas two feet deep in silver dollars, that'd be a lot of silver dollars, by the way, and you marked one with a red X on it, And you told Billy Bob, sounds like a good Texas name. You told Billy Bob, hey, I want you to go to Texas. And I want you to just walk in. I'm going to put a blindfold on you. And I want you to just walk into Texas, which would be a long walk. And it'd be hard to walk in two feet of silver dollars, I would imagine. And I want you to find that one with the red X on it. Those are the same odds of eight prophecies being fulfilled about one single person hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before they were ever born. It almost sounds like you would need God to be involved to make that happen. And so when you think about prophecies, when you think about what, uh, what Jesus has, or what the prophecies that were there for, it gives you, if you start to research those things, you get a little more depth in your faith that this is not by accident that this is a plan. So now let's look at some of the prophet's predictions. And so we're going to look at that he's going to be born of a virgin. So who's a prophet? A prophet is somebody who is a teacher and is predicting something that's going to happen in the future that God had shared with him. God shares with Isaiah, Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and we'll, uh, we'll call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So how is a virgin going to give birth to a son? Because most of us know what has to happen in order for that to happen. And that sounds like that's a miracle. And we see that prophecy being fulfilled in the birth of Jesus. Now, this isn't Isaiah. This is hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus is born. Let me tell you where he's going to be born. Micah 5.2. But you, Bethlehem, Euphrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who is to be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. So not only will he be born of a virgin, but let me tell you hundreds and hundreds of years where uh, beforehand where he will be born. And let me create and orchestrate things to happen that would force that family to travel to Bethlehem to have the baby there. Just chance. You will come from this specific lineage. You will come from the line of David. Jeremiah is a prophet. And he says in Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. 
a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteous savior. And Matthew goes on and talks about this as you, uh, in, in your text, not in your notes or anything, but he just talks about the first thing that Matthew wants to talk about is the lineage of Jesus. And he goes down this lineage trail. And if you're reading your Bible, you're like, they told me to read Matthew. And it's like, these first 16 verses, I don't understand. And I can't even pronounce half the names. But he's doing something that's very important. He's telling you where Jesus came from. And he's telling you that God's word is accurate as he fulfills his, the lineage of where Jesus came from. From Abraham to David, that he is the son of David. For he's the eternal Savior in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Can you see the hope that they're looking for? They're looking for hope. And What is not hopeful about a wonderful counselor? What is not hopeful about a mighty God? What is not hopeful about an everlasting father? What is not hopeful about the prince of peace when we are in chaos? Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Whose zeal? God will accomplish this because it's not scientifically possible. It doesn't make mathematical sense. It makes God sense. Here's another one. That he would be the savior for both the Jews and the Gentile. Isaiah 49, 6. It is too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring it back, uh, those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Say, I have hope. You have hope. God's word is good. It is fulfilled. It is continuing to be fulfilled over and over again. Like God's like, all right, I know you're going to be like Western scientific nerds and do math and stuff, but let me just show you how this is just improbable. And here it is. And you can have hope in this. You can have hope in that this word is a good word. You can have hope that there's treasures in here for your living for today and for your living for the future. This, this you can stand on. This you can rest your head on. This you can trust. And let me show you over and over and over and over and over why you can trust the word of God. Let me do things that will blow your mind mathematically. You have a good word. You have a good God. And you have hope. So some of the key points I want you to remember from today as we move forward with our cast of characters is that your foundation is solid. 
Your foundation that who Jesus is, that he existed, how he got here has been foretold as a hopeful point for hundreds and hundreds and years before he even was on this earth. And we're still talking about it all of these years afterwards, by the way. The world is talking about this hope. And our community is in a time where hope is a premium. We're still struggling and wrestling with the junk that happened in our community, and we need hope. And you know what you guys all are? You're hope dealers. Thank you, wearing the shirt. You're a hope dealer. You're dealing hope to the community that we do have a good God, that he will walk with you, that he will go with you. And as you bring that hope to the community, what do you do with it? You give it away, you give it away, you give it away, you give it away. It's the most generous thing you have is the hope that points to our Savior, Jesus Christ. See, the prophets and the prophecies matter. They edify the text. We can trust in the hope that was foretold about Jesus. And as we look forward to the coming of Christmas, we look forward in anticipation of hope. We need to point people to that same hope. Invite your friends. Invite your neighbors. Invite your families, not to a church, not to a building, but into a relationship of hope. With you, with your church community, with God's word, start walking with people through God's word. Well, I don't know it very well. Cool, you know what you have to do? Hey, he gave you like a three-pound thing in your head that is brilliant. He gave you this thing called the internet. You can do research so quickly. It might not be good research, but you can do research quickly. You can dive in to the hope, and you can take people with you on the hope train. Our hope is living, and it's active. It always has been, and it always will be. We have a hope, we have a future, and we look to that hope now. So if you wouldn't mind, we're going to prepare our hearts for communion. But I want you to think about the hope that you have. I want you to reframe the anticipation and see what God is asking you to anticipate during this season of Advent. What is it that he's calling you to be in anticipation of? How can you play an active role in the kingdom of God as we're moving forward towards this anticipation of his birth? And we celebrate that. So pray with me. Father, we just uh, open our hearts to you right now. What do you want, Lord, for the people sitting in this very room right now? Lord, we ask for your Holy Spirit to just come upon the minds and hearts right here, right now. What should our anticipation be for? What is coming that leads to eternity? Lord, I feel like you're just dropping names in people's heads right now. that need your hope. Lord, if people in here that know you as 
their Lord and Savior. They have hope. They are a hope dealer. And you have been the supplier of hope since hope was ever thought of. And you've given us an endless supply of hope. Lord, impress it upon us. Impress it upon us who we are to share this hope that you've given us. Not in just action, not in just an invite, but in actual relationship where we could sit with those that are hurting that we would be challenged to understand the hope in your good word. That we wouldn't leave it to somebody else to just tell us about the hope, but that we would find it through you and through what you've given us. So Father God, change our perspective on hope. Help us to see this next season as the prophets saw it, as they were foretelling the good things that would happen. They were foretelling the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we anticipate his birth, Lord, but we also anticipate his second coming. And we look forward to that hope. Make us new, Father. Say that in Jesus' name. Amen. We get the privilege of celebrating communion. And this is the hope. This is why we're here. Great, we had a great worship time. We heard some good stuff about God's word, but we get to come to the table together as a body, and this is the hope that we have. When it's all lost, when we have nothing else, and it's just you, and everything is stripped away, what do you have? You have a Savior waiting there with his arms wide open. And he is wet, ready to receive you. He's ready to invite you into the kingdom of God. Do you see him? Do you acknowledge him? Do you remember him? We have this hope. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body. This is for you. You have a hope. You have a future. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember our hope. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink of it in remembrance of me. Let's remember his hope. Father, thank you for the privilege of this time of us gathering together of us coming to you in anticipation, in recovery from a beautiful time of thanksgiving and a country of abundance and houses full of abundance, I'm sure, Lord, of family and friends and food and all of those great things. Lord, you have given us so much hope, so much to be thankful for. Help us to be the hope dealers that you've called us to be Invite people into your kingdom and invite them into the hope of Jesus Christ. We say this in your name. Amen. 
Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.